Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show was heard on WBCQ, the planet every we go. Uh, welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ of the Planet every Monday and Thursday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You could also uh, visit, uh, visit our Podomatic channel, podomatic.com, and get some of the programs, and that, maybe not all of them, but some of them, some of the ones I think uh, the better ones. Uh, let's see. Also, our YouTube channel. A lot of our programs are converted into YouTube video and can be watched there. And we, we do have a lot of great videos on our YouTube channel, including our classes from our annual family camps. And this year's camp just ended a couple of weeks ago. We got some great uh, footage there, including Reverend Stevie Crafts talking about color communism and common sense. And let me tell you, that is that topic is taking off. Now, let me give you a little background of that, and uh, we've discussed this before, but we're just getting so many orders for that uh, little booklet called Color, Communism, and Common Sense. So anyway, uh, about four years ago, Reverend Steve, he is one of our instructors and our camp chaplain, he was visiting, he's now living in Lexington, Massachusetts, not too far from me, but he, at this point he was visiting me when he was in New Jersey, and he found a, a, a little more like a booklet, not so much a book, but a booklet, about 50 pages, maybe a few more, maybe 60, uh, of a uh, entitled Color, Communism, and Common Sense by Manning Johnson. And it was originally published in 1958, so uh, I assume that he read it. Uh, I you make assumptions that certain people have read certain things, and no, never heard of it. So I says, well, take it. He read it in just about one sitting, and he came back to me. He said, Hallie, we got to put this back in print, and we did. And uh, Reverend Kraft wrote the forward, uh, forward to our version, and I think it was in, I think it was in 16 when we reprinted it. I'm trying to see the date here. Um, anyway, you know, it got a little bit of mileage, not a whole lot, but see, uh, Manning Johnson was a member of the Communist Party of the United States. He happened to be black. And he had been raised in the Christian church, like most black Americans, uh, even today. Uh, he rejected Christianity after embracing communism. You can't be a communist and a Christian, of course. And he thought the Communist Party was going to uh, support the black community. It was the best thing for the blacks. They would have justice. They would have equality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, uh, he's actually went to, trained in Moscow. But he realized the communists were racist, that they hated blacks, that they were just using them. And nothing has changed, folks. So that's why I think this book is getting uh, traction. Now, we haven't got millions of copies, but, boy, if the American people, especially blacks, could read this and understand what, how they're being duped and being used, course you've got a lot of people uh, black people in the black community that are what you call race hustlers are making money off of this but um, the, uh, he has a chapter on creating hate modern-day carpetbaggers race pride is passe 
wisdom needed, um, subverting Negro churches. Of course, the term Negro was an accepted term in those days. It was a, uh, a neutral term, but today it may be somehow construed as racist. Anyway, um, what happened, so the, the game plan of the communists doesn't really change much. The technology changes a little bit, but even the tactics they use, some people might have seen that video that took place in Chicago when so-called peaceful protesters, they were marching on a, a, a statue of Columbus. There was some Chicago police or guarding it. And they had these banners that were uh, basically uh, huge banners that could, uh, that could actually uh, shield or screen people on the other side. And so they, and they had umbrellas too, too, so they couldn't see overhead. So they actually had a bunch of people that were there. They had these little, uh, like a little ice cream freezers, you know, on a on a tricycle full of full of frozen water and other things that they used to throw at the police and so forth. So it was a very well planned, orchestrated event. Well, this is nothing new. This is the same symbol tactics that they used. Uh, in fact, we printed, we reprinted a congressional testimony. Uh, how the free world police have been under attack and it has the diagrams of how the communists use this uh, and <clears throat> there's also a lot of people that are cannon fodder some people aren't aware they think well this is a peaceful protest oh we're getting paid 25 bucks an hour to hold a sign and scream and yell some silly slogan hey hey ho ho western civ has got to go hey hey ho ho on the police or what have you Next thing you know, there's blood on the streets, there's people getting killed, people getting uh, assaulted, there's rioting breakdown, and it doesn't really take a whole lot to start a riot. You don't need, it's not like a thousand people demonstrating and next thing you know, they're smashing windows. You just need a few people to, to, uh, uh, to get it going, to be the catalyst. And before you know it, the mob, the mob mentality takes over and a mob has no conscience. Uh, but it was it was created. The mob is being controlled. Uh, but once the mob can get can kind of be unruly, and usually they'll target certain communities. They don't, uh, and it will stay within that community. So if they decide to go down to a downtown area, they might it might be four or five blocks, and that's as far as they'll go. And the uh, the people who are the ones in charge are the ones in the back, you know, making sure that uh, that the looting is targeted. So whether it be a financial district, whether it be a federal courthouse, whether it be um, a four-block radius, maybe some exclusive shops like in Boston. And what's really fascinating is that mo many of these shop owners are leftists, you know, that are in sympathy with the Black Lives Matter and Tifa people, yet they're still being trashed. And they think by holding up a Black Lives Matter sign, it's somehow immune. It's like an inoculation from being having your business destroyed. Well, it's not working, folks. And no matter, they still will support them. It's this death wish mentality, this self-loathing mentality that a lot of these folks have. It was interesting um, over the weekend. I live in Boston, and uh, we just put our house on the market last Wednesday. We have a beautiful house here. Needs a little bit of work, but we're hoping uh, to get a good price for it and relocate to New Hampshire. We spent the day yesterday, uh, Sunday, looking at homes, and we found a couple that we like, and hopefully it will work out. But anyway, um, getting back to, yes, so I'm driving to Castle Island in South Boston with my family. We had an open house Saturday, so we had a we had to be gone for a few hours, and we thought, hey, this is nice, nice uh, ocean view and what have you. 
So we drove and we drove through some black, predominantly black neighborhoods, and not one single Black Lives Matter sign anywhere in, that we've seen Dorchester, Mattapan. Um, then we get into Milton. Milton is a town that borders Boston. Part of it borders the um, the Mattapan area, and that street, literally on the other side of the tracks. You see predominantly white community, single single homes, nice single homes, and it's expensive to live in Milton. There aren't too many uh, trailer parks in Milton, I'll tell you that right now. But you see all these Black Lives Matter signs. Now, not every single house, but it seemed like for the stretch of a stretch of maybe uh, eight blocks, it seemed like every other house had some Black Lives Matter. Or oh, one of those stupid signs that says, love is love, Black Lives Matter, science is real, uh, and these things, uh, we love everybody. Of course, they don't love people who uh, don't agree with their Black Lives Matter narrative. So it was kind of fascinating that these white leftists uh, put these signs up. You know, it's their uh, virtual signaling. They think, oh, we're 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 in we're in uh, unison with the black community. But most of the people in the black community don't support Black Lives Matter. They know what they're up to. They know that they're going to destroy the community. They know that when they defund the police. Crime, crime is increasing, but the white liberals that leftists that run cities like Boston and New York, well, in, in New York's case, he man's actual communist, so calling him a liberal would be a disservice, uh, or leftist even. Uh, so um, they are totally at the employee or at the at, at the um, what you call what's the right term here? Well, Black Lives Matter basically is the de facto leadership of that of these cities. Because they cave into them every chance they get when they loot and they, uh, you know, oh, take the statue down. We'll take it down. Well, anything else? You want us to take the other thing? What else offends you? Want us to change the name of the city? Want us to change the name of the street? Oh, Washington Street? Oh, we'll name it after Malcolm X. How's that sound? Would that be enough? Oh, we'll kiss your feet. Can we kiss your feet too? And we'll give you a lot of money. We'll give you a building. We'll give you all kinds of what else you want. They'll say, this is good for now, honky, coward. And they have nothing but contempt. You know, these, the black leadership of these Black Lives Matter, they have nothing but contempt for these upper-middle-class white leftists that genuflect in front of them. And, what, of course, they should have nothing but contempt for them, showing that they're, they're cowards. That's really what they are. They're wimps and cowards, and they, can, they, have, they have contempt for that. So, um, anyway, next week I, will, uh, I plan to interview, I've already made arrangements to interview uh, Beverly Beatty, who was one of the ladies that uh, had paint, painted or tried to paint out the Black Lives Matter graffiti. I call it a mural. It's on the street in front of Trump Tower. How juvenile of these leftists. Oh, we're in your face, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, you know, uh, w with his flaws, has been one of the best presidents for the black community. He's got more support in the black community than any of these uh, establishment presidents that we had over the last uh, 50 years. Uh, they respect him, and you, if you go on YouTube and put black conservatives for Trump, you're going to find endless amount of video. And people are just, it's not that they're just, well, I'm voting for lesser two evils, uh, Biden's a nitwit, I'll vote for Trump. No, these people are passionate about Donald Trump, and it's amazing. I've never seen that many, that many black people passionate about George W. Bush or H.W. Bush or uh, passionate about, uh, you know, there were some blacks for Reagan, maybe a little, uh, Reagan did have some, but, but, but usually uh, when a, when a uh, Republican runs against a Democrat, it's usually 
90% black vote with the Democrat. Uh, Obama got 95% because obviously he is half black, so he, he gets more votes from the black community. But I think Trump got something like 20% of the black vote last time around. And it looks like he's higher than that today, even though there are some people who just buy this narrative that Trump's a racist. Trump's a racist. I mean, you could go back and find videos of uh, Donald Trump and Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. They're all singing you know, Trump's praises. And then when he decides to run for office, all of a sudden, bingo, just like that, he becomes a racist. Are you kidding me? No, Trump, uh, Trump has his flaws like all men do, but racism isn't one of them. And <clears throat> so uh, also some interesting developments. Uh, I'm sure you would hear it on this station. You're not going to hear it on CNN and, and MSNBC or others. But the, um, the body cam of one of the police officers in, uh, that arrested uh, or tried to arrest uh, Floyd, George Floyd, in Minneapolis got out, and it looked like that, that Floyd was not a victim of racism, as the Black Lives leftist narrative wants to believe, that uh, the man was uh, in, in the store. He was, uh, something was wrong with him. He was high or drunk, acting peculiar, trying to pass off $20 counterfeit bills. He's sitting in his front seat. They took him out. They put cuffs on him, and he, before... He was saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And then they tried to put him in the police car, and he got out. He said, I'm, I'm claustrophobic. Well, you're sitting behind your car, and all of a sudden you're claustrophobic. And he asked to be put on the ground. So it's very interesting. And, of course, then they do the, um, when they did the autopsy, they found all kinds of stuff in his, in his system. It, most likely he died from a drug overdose. And now, my son, who studies uh, jiu-jitsu and martial arts, says that putting a knee on your windpipe definitely can stop the... But putting it on the back of the neck, while it might be very uncomfortable, would not result in death. So uh, the narrative that these policemen were all racist, of course, one of them was Asian, uh, and those Asians are racist, can be racist. This is racist against blacks, as whites can, and blacks can be racist against Asians and whites. Uh, so... But so it's very interesting. Um, it's going to be very difficult now to convict this guy of second degree murder, uh, which will result in, more, result in more riots, of course, because Black Lives Matter. Uh, they want to be judged during execution. I think they probably would have liked to just to, you know, hand, us, hand him over, hand the cop over so we can execute him, torture him and execute him like they do in communist countries. After all, we're, that's where we're heading. And they want to tip over everything of Western civilization. If you go to Black Lives Matter website, it talks about uh, the traditional, they, they, uh, they're against the traditional Westerns family. You know, mother, father, children, father, head of household, mother, and father there. Oh, they're against that. Well, unfortunately, uh, the welfare state has done a good job of uh, making the black family uh, single-parent households. You know, people are ultimately responsible for their actions, so you can't blame the government for everything, but it makes it pretty easy when they discourage, uh, when, a, when a, a young black woman gets pregnant. Uh, if they get married, they don't get the benefits. If they stay single, they get the hut, they get the wealth, I mean, they get the Section 8 housing, they get uh, uh, the food stamps, they get oil, depending on where you, know, where you are, you've got oil um, heating, heating. they pay for your heating, they pay for your food, they pay for your medicine, your dental, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're married, oh, the income's a little bit too high. No, you don't qualify for all these goodies. So they help to, dis they help to destroy 
the nuclear family in the black community. It's in, and it's in the white community too, but the black community, and I think it was Walter Williams, the great uh, black uh, journalist, author, uh, economist, who said that, uh, that the black family survived slavery, they survived Reconstruction, they survived Jim Crow, they survived the Great Depressions of you know, the late 1920s, early 30s, they survived two wars, uh, two world wars, as they served very honorably and bravely. He said, but the welfare state is killing the black family. And uh, it has been doing that very effectively since 1964 or so, 65, when they passed the Civil Rights, these Civil Rights Acts and the Great Society Acts that um, have caused a lot of these problems. Then you have Planned Parenthood, and we've discussed this a number of times on our show. Uh, the black population is sitting at a 13 percent. You know, so 13 um, percent. I recently heard uh, they were some leftists were going after Liberty University. Well, their enrollment's only 10% black. Well, the population is 13%. I wonder what the percentage of blacks employed at their companies, the I mean, CNN. How many black people work for CNN? 10%? I doubt it. The Boston Globe doesn't have. I don't think they have uh, only a handful of blacks that work there. And so, uh, New York Times probably the same way. So. If New York City is, I don't know if it's 30% black, then shouldn't it be 30%? Shouldn't the people that work there be 30%? Yeah, interesting. So um, uh, I want to mention, too, I know some of you who listen to this show do live up in the Arista County area. I know this show is heard all over the world, but if you happen to be uh, residents of Arista County or Washington County, we're heading up there. Camp Constitution will be up there this week. Tuesday to Friday, and we're going to be starting at in Lee, which is, of course, just south, about an hour south of Holton, Maine, and we'll be speaking at a church there, and uh, I could probably, uh, if you go to our Facebook page, you could find all of the engagements, and what I'll do is I'm going to the, our Facebook page now, and I can just mention Reverend Stevie Kraft, who is our our camp, one of our camp uh, instructors. He's our chaplain. He also happens to be black, and he wrote the foreword to this, uh, Color Communism and Common Sense. He will be speaking, and I'll, I will be with him, kind of introducing him, but he'll be the major main speaker here. Here I'm trying to boot up the, uh, oh, here we go, events. Let's see. Uh, it's freezing on me. Let me see if I can pull it up on this one here. Let's see. So we're going to be in we're going to be at uh, in in Lee, and we're going to be in Presque Isle, and Caribou, and uh, on Friday this Friday, we're going to be speaking at the American Legion in uh, Fort Kent. I think that's on West Main Street at 6 o'clock. Here we go. I get the event. So I'm going to just sort of read them off here. And the admission is free. So tomorrow on the 11th, Tuesday at 6.30, New Beginnings Church in Lee, and this is a small community here, so it should be too hard to find, uh, Color, uh, a Time for Truth, Color, Communism, and Common Sense, Behind the Riots, Similar similar topic. Uh, Tang's Chinese Cuisine on Wednesday at noontime in Holton, Maine. That's run right on Route One. I think it's 60 North Street, but it's um, 
if you get off the exit of 95 and take a right, it's on the right-hand side, just, uh, I don't know, half a mile or so, maybe a mile. Then at on, on uh, Wednesday night, 6 p.m., the Intervention Church in Woodland, Maine, I'll be speaking, Reverend Crowder will be speaking there. And then 8 o'clock in the morning, Living Waters Apostolic Church in Caribou, Reverend Kraft will give us presentation then. And then uh, at noontime in Presque Isle at the Northeast Land Hotel, and this would be sort of a luncheon. You just come in, order off the menu, the same thing with Tang's, order off the menu. And then, uh, and again, that's going to be Northeast Land Hotel is right in Presque Isle, right in downtown, right on, um, I think it's Main Street, Route 1. Uh, it's on the right side if you're heading north. From uh, If you're heading north into Presque Isle, it's on the right-hand side, right in town. And then uh, the American Legion Hall, uh, the Martin Klein American Legion, that would be Friday the 14th at, at um, 6 p.m. So, uh, and if you're listening to this somewhere around the world, uh, or at least in the United States, and you'd like to have Reverend Kraft speak to your event, um, just let us know because uh, we might be able to, we actually got somebody from Florida that watched one of the videos that Reverend Kraft did and said, hey, uh, let's get Reverend Kraft down to Florida. So um, he's going to, Reverend Kraft's going to speak down in Florida at some point, not sure exactly when, but some point um, in the next couple of months to give this presentation. And it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's something that people need to hear. Uh, people, um, people need this kind of encouragement. Uh, <clears throat> Beverly, like this uh, Beverly, uh, Beverly Beatty, when she did what she did, it was just so good to see uh, she and her, a friend of hers, this, uh, and she was crying, selling Jesus Matters. So if you, uh, in fact, I would encourage you to just go on YouTube and put, um, either put her name, Beverly Beatty, or just uh, black, black woman uh, paints over Black Lives Matter sign, or Black Lives Matter uh, in, in Midtown Manhattan. And you see this, these ladies are very passionate. They know that Black Lives Matter is the enemy of the blacks, not just whites, but the enemy of our nation. And it's interesting how corporate America is feeding these, uh, funding these people, because that's who they're ultimately working for. And she, uh, she's got, they have buckets of paint, and they're spilling the paint as they walk, and then they get on, and, and they just splash it everywhere. And the police were obviously, I think, sympathetic to them, but they still had to arrest them. And one poor policeman slipped in the paint and hurt his back. And uh, they tried to be as, um, uh, treat them as gingerly as possible. They got arrested. They were released, uh, and she went out and did it again to some other places in New York. So they spent the whole day <laughs> putting paint on these Black Lives Matter banners and signs, and and it's kind of sad to see. Uh, what what really troubles me is this Major League Sports. Now, Major League Sports never made a lot of money off me. Uh, of course, growing up in Boston, uh, I'm 61. Growing up in Boston, the Red Sox were the were the thing. 67. Pennant Drive, and um, you know, I was uh, I like basketball, hockey to a you just might say not my favorite sport. Uh, football became popular, of course, uh, with this with the Boston or the New England Patriots winning all those Super Bowls, so it was a, become the big sport here. And they started kneeling, Colin Kaepernick, several years ago, kneeling during the national anthem to bring awareness to to the plight of the the, the police brutality. So uh, or systemic racism. So first, it was not meant to be disrespectful. It was just making a statement. 
Well, that's not the narrative anymore. In fact, you know, Colin Kaepernick was lying when he said that. Now, initially, the owners of these teams said no, and the NFL said, no, you're not going to do that, can't do that. Now they're all kneeling. Major League Baseball, they have the Black Lives Matter logo right on there, you know, put on the different fields around the country. And I heard someone say, this is the athletes show us their true colors, their true beliefs when there's nobody, there were no fans in the stadium that most of these people are, some of them are just buying into it. They don't really think too much about it. It was interesting, too, about the uh, professional athletes. Um, we've been, Camp Constitution, we've been pretty vocal. We've got media coverage, our Christian flag lawsuit, made lots of media coverage, front page stories. Do you think one, one of these athletes would uh, contact and say, hey, good job. What Can I help you guys? I, 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 I'm in solidarity. I like what you're doing. I like that you're teaching young people these values. Uh, I'm with you. No, not one. And I used to think there were plenty of Christians in various sports, uh, professional sports. But uh, if you're a Christian and you're supporting a Marxist, anti-American, anti-Christian organization, uh, you either need to evaluate your commitment to Jesus Christ or just renounce your faith and say that you're a communist or a Marxist. Um, so you see these players with the Black Lives Matter, and only one I, I, one basketball player did not take the knee. And there was one San, San Francisco Giants player that did not take the knee, and both of them were strong Christians. They said, uh, yeah, I don't like to see police brutality. I don't like to see injustice, but I, we only kneel to Jesus Christ. Those are true men. And, of course, the women's soccer. You know, this used to be an old uh, a joke that uh, I went to a fight and the hockey game broke out. Well, I went to a communist rally and a baseball game broke out or a women's soccer game broke out. I mean, is everybody on the, are they all Marxists? Do you have to be a Marxist? To be uh, to play soccer, it, it's just it, it's amazing. And the same thing with the women's uh, basketball, which is wholly it's subsidized by the NBA because it's just not enough interest in the um, not enough people are actually will pay to see the ladies playing basketball. It's just not not profitable on its own. And hey, someone gave me a free. Uh, I wouldn't go to any sporting events these days. But at one point, you know, uh, if someone gave me a ticket and I had time off, you know, I had, uh, it wasn't too far away, I'd probably check it out. But no, I don't think I'd pay big money. And, and some of these ladies are very talented, too. It's just, just what the market bears. That's just how the, the free market is. Well, you don't see, uh, you don't see too many ladies' football teams, uh, you know, professional football teams. They just aren't, aren't profitable. So uh, they have to be subsidized. Anyway, so we're looking forward to our, our trip up to Maine. I'd love going up there and helping to expose this uh, Black Lives Matter. It was interesting about a culture shock uh, where we were looking for uh, homes in um, this, what they call the Lakes region of New Hampshire. It's sort of south of the Winnipesaukee area. And we were in the towns of Alton and Guilford. Driving around, you see a lot of Trump signs. Uh, I only saw one Biden sign. I mean, I think Trump versus Biden in this particular area of New Hampshire was like uh, 100 to 1. Uh, I didn't see one Black Lives I, I saw one Black Lives Matter sign. That's it. Uh, and it was handmade sign. Um, 
so it was kind of interesting where you know this neighborhood you see them around here and my neighborhood is predominantly white is black and hispanic but predominantly white and you see these white liberals. although you do see even here in boston plenty of u.s flags flying and i don't see the support for biden even in even here in boston i've seen two biden signs lawn signs uh in west roxbury i have not seen any when i was driving around these last few days around the city I haven't seen any i was in new hampshire about two weeks ago i think i saw one biden bumper sticker one i saw i see more bernie sanders bumper stickers than i see biden bumper stickers you know you go to a band the uh not band but back the blue rally and there's lots of them all over the country you'll see a lot of trump signs massachusetts there's all kinds of trump pro-trump standouts all over the all over the state i don't see any biden standouts I don't blame them. If I was a Democrat, I'd be embarrassed to support uh, to Biden. I'd be I'd be ashamed of it. And of course, that's not scientific, but that's just my observations. I know in the election of 16, I said Hillary is a bad candidate. I just can't believe that the average Democrat can get around and support her. And I saw a lot more enthusiasm for um, for uh, Hillary than I've seen Biden. I mean, come on, and Biden's been in his basement the whole time and. Every time he gets out of his house and uh, says, uh, goes off script, man, he embarrasses everybody. Uh, he embarrasses his handlers and what have you. So it's going to be very interesting. But I know that this, this lockdown, these masks, this destruction of our economy has a lot more to do with uh, keeping the economy uh, dormant as, most, as much as they can than it is about controlling a virus. It's about controlling people. I wish I had more time to discuss that. But uh, anyway, you've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff, heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Thursday evenings. And with that, uh, until next week, may God richly bless you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.